Blog Talk Radio. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does No, that's it! Hey, does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Hey, beast, does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Pain does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, that's it! Defeat does not exist in this dojo, does it? Everyone, it's 10 o'clock. You know what time it is. It's time for the majority decision. Coming to you live from the great state of Texas, right here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Greg the Truth. Co host of this show is Mike Bell, Mr. Fayaz. I want to thank everybody for tuning in live. I want to invite you to give us a call if you have any thoughts you'd like to share with us 929 477 1077. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at MajorityMMA. <clears throat> And give us a like on Facebook, The Majority Decision. We would also like to ask you to subscribe to our show on Apple iTunes or Podbean or Stitcher or whichever way that you choose to listen to the show. It gives us a little bit of a boost, so we would really appreciate that. Fayaz, how's it going, man? Man, it's going good, man. It was a nice day today, and I got some good training in this morning. I think I suck every ounce of water out of my body, and uh, I've been feeling good all day. What about you? Man, I, I thought that I was over this allergy, coughing, sneezing stuff today. I woke up, no cough, feeling good, yeah. went and did the Sunday church, went to eat dinner afterwards, and just out of nowhere in middle stream of eating hot wing. The cough just came back two hours later. Now I'm <laughs> sniffling again. My eyes are watery. It's absolutely crazy. It's going on three weeks. It's killing me. Man, it's uh, it's the season, though, man. That's what it is. It's uh, you you got to kind of watch it though, because it could turn into something else. But you, ne- yeah. you just never know. So so you just you got to kind of watch that deal. Yeah, without question. It doesn't seem like there's anything out there that can that, that I've been able to do that can kick it. And you know how it is at home, especially when you got got your family. You just seem to kind of pass it around, right? Right. It, it makes its That's way true. around everybody. So, good times. <laughs> shots, buddy. Go get allergy shots, man. Well, you know, I don't. I've never done the allergy shot thing, but on occasion, when I've gotten too sick and I didn't think I was getting over it fast enough, I went and got the steroid shot gimmick thing that they give you. And I tell you what, man, if no one's ever given that a shot, I kid you not, within a couple of hours of taking that shot in your hip, you're feeling better. And yeah, it 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 every time it's it's knocked it's knocked whatever was in me out. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm a believer in that. I might end up having to go do that. But enough about me, because I can go on about myself for the whole entire 30 minutes of the show. Of course. Let's get 
if I could, uh, to borrow a line from Ric Flair, I'd like to take this minute to talk about myself. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I'm sure you're listening to the show because you know that last night was UFC 197. And let's jump right into it. The main event, John Jones and Oven St. Brew. John Jones' big return to the Octagon. Um, mixed reviews on his performance. How do you think he looks? You know what? Um, you know, everybody's, everybody made this big deal about reviews and his his performance. And what what did everybody expect to see? I mean, I guess he, he'd been out for 18 months. What did they expect to see? I don't know what they thought. They were, if, they, if they just thought he was going to mow through OSP, I mean, the OSP still got a puncher's chance. I mean, uh, somewhere in there he broke the guy's arm. But uh, hey, for those of you who don't know, OSP finished that fourth and fifth round with a broken left arm. I'd, I mean, that's – so, he, you know, John, I think, I think uh, while John Jones got better as the fight went on, I think he just, you know, played the caution, didn't want to blow his wad, you know, just try to see what he could could do and couldn't do and things like that. I mean, we all, we all knew he was going to win the fight, and uh, that's what it was. Uh, I will say this, though. Daniel Cormier, it's a shame that he had to pull out with an injury because I think last night was his only chance to beat John Jones. Yeah, see, I was going to ask you about that because I know Dana Dana White said the same thing. He, he thought he thought it was good good for Jones that that wasn't the Daniel Cormier fight because it might have been trouble for him. Um, but you know, in terms of just how he performed, I mean, I don't think he looked terrible. I mean, he opened up a little bit, but I think you're right. I think he kind of I think he was cautious. I think he was trying to get his minutes in and. I think he felt comfortable the entire fight enough to, you know, which can be dangerous, especially with a guy like uh, St. Prue. But, uh, you know, he he, he kind of just coasted his way through the fight, didn't didn't overexhort himself and uh, did what he had to do to win. I mean, hey, people are complaining, I guess, because he didn't finish. But the guy won 50-45. One judge gave him 50-44. So, I mean. Yeah. I just don't see where people are, are just complaining. I guess, you know, Jordan comes back and you want him to score 50. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I think everybody was like, oh, you know, they're hoping he was going to come back and just, you know. You know, he he put he showed a little bit of the old John Jones. He started throwing some elbows in there, putting on some of his crazy stuff. You know, he, he his old leg kick. You know, towards the end of the deal, he he just—I mean—he he picked up Oven St. Peru and was like, "Yeah, I wonder if I can do this." Picked him up and took him to the middle of the ring and dropped him on his head. You know, I mean, it's—it was going to be what it was going to be. The guy hadn't fought in 18 months, and not everybody's got the same mindset as Dominic Cruz, obviously, when they've come back from a long layoff. So that just is what it is. And uh, I'm going to say it one more time. That, uh, that last night was Daniel Cormier's chance to beat John Jones. Now he's uh, he's beating off the ring rust. He's got some rounds under him. He's uh, back used to being out in front of people. 
I mean, uh, all he has to, all John Jones has to do is stay out of jail, and uh, I think, I think he's getting his title. I think you're right. Um, you know, Cormier, unless we see some drastic, drastic improvements on his just all-around game, um, John Jones is just going to be a tough out for him, and. and and, and Daniel Cormier is a great fighter, don't get me wrong, but, uh, I mean, you know, we've been critical of Jones's off, uh, you know, out of the cage problems, but, I mean, in the cage, it's, it's really hard to critique the guy when all he does is win, and all he does is dominate. He, you know, he was on a run when he first won the title, uh, you know, before he ran into Alexander Gustafson, where, you know, he was just knocking off former champions left and right. Uh, you know, the guy the guy is a great fighter. Love him or hate him, uh, I, don't, I don't think you can deny that. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's a, it's it just goes back to the ring rust deal, and they just need to get over it, and that's, that's just what it is. He's going to come out. He's going to be strong, and uh, it's... DC, DC can, uh, you know, he can say that at one point in time he was the champ. I just don't see him. I don't see him beating John Jones. I just don't see it happening. He hasn't done anything extra. And uh, because of his activity, you know, John Jones coming back off of a layoff, you know, with his lack of aggressiveness, that would have been DC's opportunity. But John Jones isn't going to be that way next time he fights. He's going to be a completely different guy. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, John Jones, so John Jones gets the interim belt, you know, whatever that means nowadays. You know, I don't think, I don't think a lot of the guys really take that very seriously. Yeah. When he got it, he handed it off and he was like, you know, I don't want that. It's not the real belt. And and rightfully so, right? He wants his belt back. And I promise you, he will get it back. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't, I cannot dispute that. There's no argument that I can find to, to, to bring up to counterpoint that John Jones will, will defeat Daniel Cormier. As much as I wouldn't mind seeing him get beat, I guess, you know, I, I think John Jones is going to be one of those guys that maybe a little bit like Anderson Silva, where eventually, I guess, just time catches up with you. But the bad news for everybody else is John Jones is not old. He's young. Uh, and and uh, when Anderson Silva had his had his rise to fame, he was already he was already thirty. John Jones is not even thirty yet. Uh, if he wants to right. fight, he's got at least another six, seven, eight years probably of prime fighting, and uh, it's scary, scary. <laughs> yeah, that guy's got a lot of time left in him for sure. It, so so Jones wins the interim title, but I think maybe he lost another kind of unofficial title. And and, and I and I really didn't think about it until I saw just glancing through the news bits a, a headline. One title I think he kind of, he might have lost last night was uh, that number one spot in the pound for pound rankings because Demetrius Johnson, absolutely amazing, right? I mean. Kind of just went right through Henry Cejudo and 
Cejudo said it in the press conference. I, I was humbled tonight. I mean, it was an humbling experience. You know, I haven't watched the press conference yet, and I always do that the next day because I hate uploading it. I never know when it's going to come on, and sometimes by the time it comes on, it's in the middle or I've missed it. By the time I get home from watching the fight, I'm just so tired. Yeah. But he, he, I was watching it the next day. I expected Henry Cejudo to put up much more of a fight. I didn't think he would get the job done. I just expected it to be more of a fight. And, uh, you know, I saw that whole setup. It was just, I mean, I just don't know. It's like uh, he took a shot and then he couldn't take it and then he couldn't recover from it. And he went down and Demetrius Johnson finished him. But, I mean, it was a good fight up until then, man. It was, it had a lot of, it had some back and forth. It had some good things going. Um, but Demetrius Johnson is just so good everywhere. And he just gets better and better every time he fights. I mean, the guy's not getting worse, right? It's just crazy, man. It's not like he's crushing people, right, every time he fights. Sometimes they go five rounds. It's not like he's crushing people. So it's a different It's a different type of scary. It's, you know, am I going to be able to keep up with this guy? Am I going to be, you know, am I going to wear myself out trying to figure out what he's, you know, going to do to me every time I do something? So... It's a uh, it's a different kind of scary when you're fighting that guy. Not to say he can't finish you because he has finished a lot of people. But uh, man, I love watching that guy fight. Man, it's uh, it's it's technical genius at its fastest. Yeah, at its fastest. That's yeah, that's a great way to put it. I mean, the guy, you know, you make a good point. I think he doesn't necessarily mow through people, but he just beats people. Like you know, the last couple of fights, I just don't. I, I don't think I've ever I, – I never really saw anything where he – where I felt like he was in trouble. I mean, except for maybe the, the, the time Dawson caught him. But, but that yeah. went, that went away really quickly. And he, he gathered himself and he, and he imposed – he got his composure back and he was back in control of the fight. You know, and with Henry Cejudo, and even Cejudo said it at the, at the post-fight, he, uh, he said – you know, we expected to be able to out-wrestle. We expected to dominate the clinch, and we didn't do it. And uh, he said that was surprising, that he was surprised. So, yeah, Demetrius Johnson just does everything well enough or more more better enough. That, that's not even correct English, but I don't know, I don't know any other way to put it. <laughs> he does it more better than, than everybody oh, else. He just did. You say he does it better than everybody else. It's uh, <laughs> it's he's just a freak, man. I mean, he's just because he's good at everything. That's what makes it really hard for people, right? You, you know, if you come in with this with the best foundation at something, and you try to beat him, it doesn't. It's not. I mean, it doesn't. I can't even say it doesn't often because it's been proven not to. It doesn't work. It doesn't. If you're a great wrestler and you come in against Chris Johnson, it's it. it it's not in your favor. It's not in your favor because because you think he's going to be worried about your wrestling, but he's not. He's still going to try to wrestle you, but then he's just going to – and then when you're off your game, he's going to turn it into something else, and then you're going to get knee in the face. So it's uh, – you know, he'll find a way to use what you're good at against you. Remember, there used to be another guy like that. His name was George St. Pierre, and uh, that guy – 
that guy would find a way to use your best ability against you and show you that, hey, I can do it too, but what else I can do? You know, I know the UFC doesn't really view Demetrius Johnson as a top draw type of a guy. They rush Conor McGregor to to another title shot or, or division as quick as they could to capitalize on his marketability. That was Demetrius Johnson's eighth consecutive title defense. Um, yeah. It might be time for them to start asking him if he wants to fight Dominic Cruz again at 135 for that belt. I mean, there's not very many guys left before he's going to start recycling guys. And uh, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Dominic Cruz again. I don't think they'll do it. I think uh, yeah, they asked him last night. He said, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with staying at 125. I have no reason to go to 135. He said, there's plenty of people I haven't fought at 125. And that division is getting bigger. Right? You got a lot of guys feeding into it. That division is getting bigger, and somebody will come along eventually. Somebody will come along eventually that's either like him or, or uh, you know, just as good as he is. But, you know, right now he's just he's the man. And that's just what it is. You know, so maybe he can uh, retire undefeated, but he's that guy's not real old. He's still young, so he's got some time left at the top. You know, a couple of years ago in the WEC, before the UFC absorbed them and took their lower weight classes, you had guys like Miguel Torres and, of course, Uriah Faber, who's a great fighter um, in his own right. They dominated the Bantamweight and Featherweight divisions for a couple of years down there. But that was back when the, you know, like you were just saying, the divisions were small. The level of competition wasn't that great. But as it continues to grow and get better, and I mean, I don't want to take anything away from either one of those guys. They were, they were, they were good fighters. But, but you make a good point when you say the division's kind of small. I mean, you know, the, when I look at the top five here, you got Cejudo, you got uh, Formiga, you got Ian McCall, who I don't even know how he's still in the top five. I, I, I'm assuming he's won a couple of fights, but I don't remember seeing him win any. Um, you got Horiguchi, you got Morega, you got Makovsky. So I guess you've got some new names down there to uh, yeah. try to bring up. Well, you know what, man? I uh, I think that division is just going to get better and better. And, you know, I was hearing from a lot of people, well, I don't like watching the lighter guys fight, you know, this and that. But you know what? At, at the end of the day, I almost sometimes appreciate watching the lighter divisions fight more so than the heavier guys. Uh, you get to see a little bit more technique. You get to see, you know, you get to see it applied, you know, at a quicker pace. And you get to see it, you get to see it applied without anybody getting tired. It's crazy. And yeah. uh, I think uh, I think those fights are fun to watch, man. So uh, I hope that division just continues to grow. Yeah, I do too. And, and I kind of don't get that. I don't get why, why people kind of shy away from those lighter weight divisions. And I know kind of in boxing, traditionally, the money's always been at the heavier divisions, the heavyweight. Uh, I guess uh, 
is it an? I guess it's a, a a desire to see the knockout, the finish. I mean, is that is that what makes the difference from the fans' perspective? I mean, because you know, for us being the, the level of fan that we are, the hardcore fan, quote unquote, we 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 see it a little bit different than the casual fan. I guess the casual fan kind of leans more towards wanting to see the finish, and you get that more often, I guess, at heavyweight than you do in some of the lighter divisions. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think a lot of it is you know everybody still, you know, everybody likes that real that knockout, you know, that knockout. But you know nowadays the way that MMA is going, even if you look at some of your light your your uh, light heavyweights and your heavyweights, those guys are even so athletic. Some of those guys move at a ridiculous pace and can scramble yeah. like the lighter guys on the ground and can move so. I, I just like a more dynamic fight rather than two guys swinging for the fence to see who can fall down first. I mean, those fights are exciting, fun to watch, but, uh, you know, sometimes I just like to see a little bit more, uh, you know, you know, chess and, you know, I guess uh, struggle to win. So one other fight, or, or you know, we got to give Yari Rodriguez credit for the, the – Ridiculous head kick, I guess. That he landed on Andre Feely. But uh, the other fight that kind of shocked me, I don't know, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily know that it shocked me, but uh, man, I tell you what, Anthony Pettis just ate leg kick after leg kick after leg kick, and I don't know if you saw any of the pictures of his leg after the fight, but that guy's not going to be walking straight for a while. Edson Barbosa gets that win. Um, very big win for Barbosa. And I you know think what? I saw that one coming. That was a good fight, man. And uh, I, I kind of knew. I, th- I figured it, it would be a hard one for Pettis because he hasn't really been, you know, on a good uh, winning pace lately. And uh, that was a good fight. It was pretty evenly matched. I think. Uh, I think the third round is uh, how. Uh, Barboza got it, but it was a good fight, man. It was real. It was just a skilled, technical, you know, stand-up battle like we thought it was going to be. You know, I think Pettis even, you know, went and trained with Cerrone a little bit for that fight. He, and uh, I mean, it's just it became what it became. But uh, I, I don't know Anthony Pettis, man. He's he's starting to slip, and at one point, man, that guy was just you know, smooth, calculated, and you really couldn't stop them anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I remember when he won the, won the championship, we're sitting around and, and, and we're thinking, you know, this guy might have the belt for a little while. You know, he, he might he might make a, make a little bit of a run uh, on top. And, yeah, I mean, he, he's just slipping. One of the things that I liked about the way Barbosa fought was he, he – he, he threw more than two punch or two strike combos. He was throwing three, sometimes even four strong, strong combos. And a lot of them he was finishing with leg, leg kicks. And, and you don't, a lot of guys don't do that that much anymore. Um, you know, St. Pierre used to do it a little bit. And I think, um, you know, I think he really did a great job putting his combinations together. And for Anthony Pettis, that's his third loss in a row. That's tough. That's tough for a former champion to have lost uh, three times in a row 
That's downhill. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, I don't think they're going to get rid of Anthony Pettis. Probably, you know, they're going to keep him. Oh, no. But if that, if yeah. that guy's going to – I mean, that guy's still young. He's still got time to make a run. I don't know what's in his head or what's going on with him right now or he's just enjoying life or, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, I could see that guy being champ again. It's just like it, whenever he gets that opportunity, you know, to, to pop back up, somebody else is making the name off of him, and it's and it's barely. You know, it's just it's something he's not doing or it's something that, you know, he chooses to do later in the fight you know, rather than, uh, you know, should have just started out that way and been less cautious. So maybe he just starts, he's got to stop, uh, you know, maybe he's got to stop, you know, thinking so cautiously and just start going for it again like he used to back in the day, you know, and uh, remember what got him there in the first place. Yeah, Pettis still a young guy, not even one of those, another one of those guys that still uh, hasn't even hit 30 yet. Uh, there was another another kind of an upset, or I guess on the surface you might look at it as an upset. This was in Bellator and on Friday night. And uh, on the surface, I think if you just look at it on paper, you, you would have thought that uh, Benson Henderson walking into Bellator challenging the their welterweight champion, uh, Andre uh, Koreshkov, and... Man, I tell you what, when I saw these guys two stand, ne- these two guys stand next to each other, and I think you made a comment about it on the on the Facebook page. Ben Henderson looked like he was in the wrong weight division, man. <laughs> yeah, you see, yeah. See, if you if you think that Ben Hen- that Ben Henderson coming to Bellator to fight the one seventy guy was, you know some big challenge for the 170 guy. I don't see, I, I don't see what those guys were thinking, man, you know? And it, and it was like the Bellator um, announcing crew, whatever you want to call them, the broadcast guys, all they did mm-hmm. was, you know, talk smack about it, basically talk smack about Ben Henderson the whole time he's fighting and, you know, talk about how they're great welterweight champ, Ben Henderson was the 155-pound champ, right? In every in, in the other two organizations he was in, 155 pounds. He probably didn't even cut weight, really, to make weight for the 170 fight. The other guy obviously did. Most 170 guys fight, walk around closer to 200. They yeah. just do. I mean, they really do. And uh, proof of that is looking at that guy, George St. Pierre used to do it. I mean, that guy towered over Ben Henderson. Ben Henderson, yeah, of course he got through the fight. He's just a tough guy, right? And being in so many five-round championship fights, that's what's going to happen. But, I mean, this this guy beating Ben Henderson was by no means, you know, just the – end all for the what wasn't it wasn't like the proving ground for him you know it's not like it's not like he beat up george st pierre you know what i mean yeah and i mean and this guy's you know for, for those that don't know uh this this andre uh 
Koreshkov guy is a he's a talented fighter. I mean, this this guy's not a spare uh, by any means, and a very talented grappler. And heck, I you know I'd like to see him jump over to the UFC and test his talents over there. The 175 pound guys over there. I mean, he, he's you know I mean I'm not saying he's he's he, he you know he's he's a world class guy yet. The guy's a good fighter and uh, a young guy. So, you know, this is this is the kind of guy we've been saying Bellator needs to build their company around, right? They, they need right. to be pushing this guy. This guy's 25 years old, 19-1 and one record, just beat a former UFC champion. But yet yeah. we're, the, Bellator's still going to London in a couple of months with Kimbo Slice on top of the card. Give me a break. <laughs> of course. Give me a break. Internet bum fights. More important than pushing the talent, the up-and-coming talent of the sport. I mean, I can see why that's more important. Can't you? <laughs> and if you don't, don't, don't call, don't call Scott Coker because you won't understand a word that you're saying. He won't get well, it. He won't get it. Well, that's about going to do it for the majority decision. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be right back here on Blog Talk Radio Friday at 10 p.m. Central. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. week. baby. You're done.